I love this movie so much that we named our cat Ricky Bobé. <laughs> What's cool is we've been walking through 1 Thessalonians and talking about this church in Thessalonica, and we're talking about prayer and thanksgiving. So I had to show this because the first thing I wanted to look at before we get into prayer is, who are we actually praying to? And obviously, Ricky Bobby, in this Oscar-winning performance, he's praying to little baby Jesus. And, and you kind of have to laugh. And I love the boys, Ninja, Ninja Jesus. I started thinking, I was, I was going through Scripture and praying about it and going, who, who do I see Jesus? So when you guys pray, maybe you have a prayer at night, or maybe you pray during grace or meal, and like, what do you think of? And I, I started thinking, who is Jesus to me? And I thought, so Jesus was there from the very beginning. Jesus was there when, when the word was spoken and we were created. There was no mistake. There was no mutation. There was no evolution. There was nothing that happened over billions of years. God spoke it, and it happened, and Jesus was there. Jesus was there when, um, when he came down to earth. God placed him here on this earth, and he lived among us, and he healed people, blind people. He helped them see. Lame people helped them walk. He even raised a guy from the dead just by speaking it. And I'm like, that's the Jesus I pray to. I don't pray to little baby Jesus with golden locks. I pray to this Almighty, the King of kings, Lord of lords. That's who I pray to. And as we talk about that, I don't want us to ever forget just that we could stop and go, God, this is amazing. Thad brought up about the sunset. I love it because our room, the, we can see the sunset right from our bedroom window. And I love it because I just see it go down. I'm like, that you did that for me. You did that for us. And that's amazing. That's the Jesus that I pray to. So when we talk about prayer, I want you to keep thinking about that. That it's not Ricky Bubby, but it's about this Jesus, this King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Several years ago, I went to this conference. And I don't know if you guys are like me. I have a hard time kind of stand with somebody who's speaking because my mind goes a thousand miles. I'm like... <laughs> I'm like that, those dogs, if you guys remember that animated film called Up, those little dogs that had that little speaker thing here, and they're like talking all of a sudden, squirrel! So if I see you guys looking at squirrels today, I totally get it. So I was praying about this, going, Lord, what is it that you want me to say? How do you want me to go about, and I want to talk about prayer, but this one verse came to me, and it's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. And it says this, pray continually. And I knew when I was praying about this, I was like, Lord, because of my mind, the way I think, and I go 100 miles an hour, I was like, I'm just going to have one point. And that's what God laid on my heart, one point today. And that's pray continually. I'm not going to have three points, and I just want to focus. Pray continually. I uh, I went to PLU, years and years ago, when they actually, they had electricity, and we had cars back then. (laughs) Thank you for laughing. But I played football there, and I played under this coach. His name was Frosty Westring. Frosty was a great guy, and one of the things, he was always trying to shape us, not just to play football, but to, to shape us so that when we go out into the world and be businessmen and stuff, that we would actually impact our communities. Well, he had this one rule. It was called the 2080 rule, and I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this. Basically, the concept is 20% of what you do produces 80% of your results. So in football, 
you try to find out what are the 20 things that, 20% of the things that you do that really help you to perform at an incredibly high level. And so I learned those things, like, you know, from tackling to watching film. But I started thinking about going, how can that fit in my spiritual life? So when I was in college, I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm going to take this another step. What is it that I can do? What is the 20% of the things that I do spiritually that will help me do things with you that I've never done before? And, I, and it's awesome that I get a talk on 1 Thessalonians 5.17 because that's exactly what God led me to. It's like, Bruce, pray continually. So I thought, okay, so for 24-7, I'm going to be on my knees, closing my eyes, and praying, dear Lord, baby Jesus. No, I started looking up about what does pray continually mean? And I started doing word searches. And you know what I found? It actually means to continue to pray. That's deep stuff. So I'm like, okay, Lord, what can I do to pray continually? And I just started walking. I started going out in the woods. I would go write in my journal, just prayers. I'd write stuff down. And the neat thing is my heart started to change for the things that God wanted. I started reading about pastors and missionaries, men and women, how they just constantly would pray. And they would pray during the day. They would pray at night, and, they would, and I wanted to have that in my life. And they had these amazing stories. And I said, Lord, I want those stories. There's a guy named Elijah in James chapter 5, verse 17 through 18. And it says this, Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. So I'm reading this, and I would pray about it, going, Lord, are you telling me I can be like Elijah? I mean, the guy was, if you read about Elijah in like 1 Kings, the guy is a madman. I mean, the things that he did, I'm like, that's what God can do in my life and in your life. I'm like, I'm going to pray continually. So I kept doing it. And I also started learning that when we pray, God, again, changes our hearts. The things that he loves we're going to start to love. I mean, I started praying for guys that I didn't like. I started praying for people that I didn't think I cared about, and all of a sudden my heart starts to change for people who don't, who need a place to live and who are hurting and who are struggling. And I, please understand, my personality isn't like that. I'm like, God, you're changing me. Another thing i amazed about prayer is prayer, there's a relationship between God and us in prayer. And you read it all throughout Scripture. In Amos, God says that he would reveal what he's going to do to the prophets before he does anything. And he goes into talking about how in prayer God will reveal to us the things that are on his heart. So there's this partnership. I'm like, I don't know if that, maybe you guys don't get pumped up about that kind of stuff. But again, it's back to the God of the universe, the God who spoke this. He wants me to partner with him. I'm like, Let's get after it. I mean, okay, Lord, let's start praying for just crazy stuff. Lord, please don't let it rain on July 4th. That bugs me when it rains on July 4th. So I'm going to take it even a step further. Last week, Jaden was saying, hey, let's get on this website called The City. And he was saying, let's share kind of how God brought us to him, our testimonies. And I started thinking and praying about that, going, okay, if I'm talking about prayer, I think so much in church, 
we live our lives kind of in compartments and we kind of go do this and we drive into our garages and the doors shut and then, you know, we go through the week. And, but one thing about open life is we want to live in community. And it's hard taking that step. And I just thought, and again, the Lord just kept pushing it for the last several weeks. Like, Bruce, I want you to share how, as you pray continually, what God has done. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that first step and just kind of say, this is what God has done in my life as I have prayed continually in hopes that you will say, I- I'm going to do that too. So about five years ago, I was in land development. And for those of you who probably understand, oh, our, all our projects, all the houses, everything that I was working on went by the wayside. All the banks pulled our projects. Uh, so we were kind of, I was left hanging. And it was... As a man, it was devastating. And guys, I'm sure you can understand it. You want to provide for your family. And it was amazingly hard. So I'm, I'm just, I got into my closet. I actually do pray in our closet. I know it's weird. But Jesus says, go into your closet and pray to your father who's unseen. And your father who's unseen will reward you. So that's what I do. So I get in there and I'm just devastated. And it got so bad that we actually had to live with friends. And I realized this is like humiliating. Because like, really, Bruce? Yeah, it was tough. And I remember sitting, uh, everybody was out of the house that day, and I was just sitting in the room. And that, for a whole year, all I did was read the book of Psalms. Because if you read Psalm, you, you read about David, you read about other writers, and they're up and down. I mean, emotions are high, they're ticked, they're, they're like happy, they're pissed off. Next day, like, life is horrible. So I was reading, and this verse came to me as I was uh, reading and praying. It's out of Psalm 55. And this is David. And David says in uh, Psalm 55, verse 4, My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death assail me. Fear and trembling have beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me. And I said, Oh, that I had the wings of a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. And I just sat there going, Lord, I've been praying and praying and praying. I said, I just want to fly away. I want to get out of this place. And, you know, I think sometimes we want to run away from our problems. I think this was the one time God said, where do you want to go, Bruce? And so I prayed, and I just like, I want to get away, and I want to go to a camp. I've always wanted to go to a camp. I just want to get out of Tacoma. And I called up my buddy who's a director at a camp, and he said, well, Bruce, all the cabins, all the houses, everything's full, but we could sure use you and your family. He goes, let me, that was a Friday, and he goes, I'll go to church on Sunday, and I'll make an announcement. So he did, and and a, a guy came up, and he said, hey, I know you guys have an RV parking area. He goes, I'll bring up my fifth wheeler and let that family stay there. And he calls me up Monday, and he just said, Bruce, here's what's going on. I'm like, okay, Lord, here we go. And so we spent the summer, it's called Gormley Meadows. It's near, if you guys know where White Pass is, it's kind of between White Pass and Yakima. And we spent the summer there, and it was an amazing time. A week before we go to camp, the director, I'm um, sorry, the, the program director calls me up and says, Bruce, two of our speakers have canceled. I heard that you were a youth pastor at one time. I'm like, yeah. He goes, would you be willing to speak? And again, you guys, I'm terrified because I hadn't been a youth pastor for quite a while. I've been in land development. And I just said, okay, Lord, I believe that, I've always believed that life begins at the end of your comfort zone. And I'm like, okay, Lord, if you want me to do this, I'll do this. And we get to camp, and I remember the first day, I'm speaking, and guys, I was speaking so fast. I was just like, 
And, you know, Christy was like afterwards, Bruce, calm down. And it was really funny looking back now. But, of course, at that moment, I was just sweating and just like, oh. And, I, and God, and I kept praying, kept praying. It's like back to that praying continually. And God was working in the light. I saw God do stuff in these students. I'm like, Lord, you used me to do that? But I knew in the back of my mind as I kept, I'd, I, I would write stuff down in my journal because I knew God was going to do amazing stuff in this in this place we were at. And I, uh, in my time of prayer and reading, this verse out of Hebrews, God brought this to me. And it's Hebrews 12, 26 through 27. And it says this, Once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is, the created things, so that what cannot be shaken will remain. And this is what I want to bring to you guys as we pray continually for each other, that God would take away the things that can be shaken. We lost material stuff, and it was brutal. And there were times where I was questioning who I was or who I am, like, ugh. But God started to build me up at this place, and it was amazing how people came around us and loved on us, But God shook away the things that shouldn't be in my life. And he brought in the things that needed to be there. Two days before camp ends, so September's coming, and and I'm like, I'm freaking out because I know what happens in September. We go back to school, but I don't even know what I'm going back to. And I'm just praying. And this is the beauty of what God does. I guarantee you, when you get into a situation, you are broken and you've got no answers, you will pray continually. (laughs) And I was constantly praying, getting away. And when I pray, I yell or I get quiet. I mean, there, you, again, read the book of Psalm. You see David and he's ticked. There are times I'd lose my voice because I'm so mad. God! And like, oh, but it's okay. So two days before we leave, um, there was a, a camp there and, and Grace came up to me afterwards. And I, again, I journaled everything because I knew one day I would get to share what God was going to do. I didn't know it was going to be five years down the road, but here we are, and you guys get to hear the story. Grace came to me, that's my daughter, by the way, and she said, she said, Dad, God spoke to me, and we're not going to have to worry about money. And I just, I remember, I kind of walked away, I wrote it down, and I'm kind of ticked, going, God, don't you dare let this girl down. And the next day, we had dinner with our friends, and we're leaving the following. I'm like, you know, I'm starting, I'm freaking out because we're going home again and nothing. We walk back and there, someone had left an envelope. And in that envelope was a check for $200. And I remember just, I wrote in my journal. I was like, Lord, it begins. The journey begins. Here we go. And, and we go home and we were there, I think, a day. We're staying at our friends. And my brother calls me up, says, hey, Bruce, we need you to go down, Eugene. We need, uh, we need you to paint our dad's house, my dad's house. And I'm like, great, I'll do it. And of course, I have no way to get down there. <laughs> I don't have a car. <laughs> so I call my buddy up who works for, he has, owns this paint company. And I said, hey, can I borrow your sprayer? And he's like, how are you getting down there? I have no idea. And then the clouds opened up. And he said, Bruce, I've got a 1997 Ford Aerostar that used to be our cargo van. I'm like, oh, yes. And those of you who have seen me drive around, I've had it. I got rid of it about two months ago. So for three plus years, that thing had, when I got it, 275,000 miles on it. 
It drove everywhere. Cleelum, I went up to Seattle multiple times. I went south down to Olympia. I mean, that van was awesome. And it was a total gift. Uh, I go down to Eugene, come back, and again, driving up I-5, I got four and a half hours of prayer time because there's no radio in this van. So I just got to pray. And I'm terrified going, Lord, what am I going to do when I get home? I need something. I need a job. I need, help me. I get home. The next morning, a buddy calls me, Bruce, I need a project manager. I got tons of projects. I need your help. Can you do it? I'm like, okay. And it didn't pay that great, but you know what? Zero is bad. A little bit is good. So I started with him, and I was able to do side projects, all these different stuff. And two weeks later, we were able to get in a rental. So I just thought, two weeks before at camp, I'm freaking out. And two weeks after we get home, the guy helped us buy a car. We were in the new home, and I had my sweet 97 Ford Aerostar van. And like, things are looking up. And it was just amazing. Time and time again, I, I kept praying continually. I did not give up. I didn't stop praying. We get, uh, we'd been living in this rental for about a year and a half, and a situation happened with my sister-in-law, and she needed to move in with us. And it, and I'm trying to share this stuff with you guys because all our lives are messed up. <laughs> Nobody's got it together. I sure don't. And I'm hoping as you guys hear this stuff, they're like, oh, Bruce, he's got it worse than I do. Maybe my life isn't so bad. But we brought somebody into our home, uh, my three nieces and my sister and their dog. And our house, our place was really small. <laughs> and so we had three dogs now because we had two. And there was eight of us. And so what, as me as a guy, I got into my closet and saying, Lord, you got to help us. This is out of control, but we can't let her be on the streets. What are we going to do? And it was, and please understand, this isn't like pie in the sky. It was hard, okay? And I, and I prayed continually, saying, Lord, what are you going to do? On a Friday, we got a phone call from a friend of ours. And she says, I see, she was talking to Christy and myself, she says, I see you guys moving. You're in a moving van. I, w- what's going on? Are you guys moving? I'm like, no, I'm not moving. How can I move? And then that Sunday, we met with some friends who live in Quiet Water, and we were having this, like, missional community at their place, and he's talking to the neighbor, and he comes in afterwards and says, Bruce, you're not going to believe this, but our neighbors are moving, and they need to rent their place in, like, 30 days. Are you guys interested? And I said, Sure. I mean, I was kind of like, there's no way. So I, we met with them that afternoon, and I just said, here's what we can afford. And, and he said, well, we, that sounds great. And they were Christians, and they, they said, this is what we feel God's leading us to do. And, and I said, okay. He goes, we want this much for you guys to move in. And I just thought, might as well be a million dollars. There's no way. But guess what happens? Two days later, a buddy of mine calls me up and says, hey, Bruce, I need you to go do this project. And Later that week, somebody says, Bruce, I need you to go do this. In 30 days, we had everything that we needed to get into that house. And it, I love it. It was an amazing place. And we just gave it up to the Lord. We want people to come in. We want students to come in and out. I mean, it's not even our house. I love it. It's God's house. But those are the things that God does time and time again. It gets even better. I'm driving in my, our Nissan Xterra, and I pull into my buddy's place, and the timing belt blows up, you know, just falls. And, it, and of course, if you guys know about timing belts, if it breaks, most, most likely your engine's shot. So I'm just like, okay, Lord, now what? And this is when it gets, wow. 
I'm praying for about two weeks, just going, Lord. And of course, the 97 Ford Aerostar, that car just keeps going and going. Put a couple of lawn chairs in the back, perfect for my family. <laughs> so I'm like, Lord, you've got to bring us something. And then I think God is okay with this stuff because I said, Lord, we want, I want a four by four. I want a four-wheel drive that seats about seven to eight kids because we want to take people up to the mountains. We love to ski. And I said, Lord, could you give me some rims? I like rims. And, and as I was praying in my closet, a story of Elijah came to my mind. Just the, the thought, I'm like, okay. And it's a story where Elijah walks in. There's a huge famine going on. And he walks into the city and at the gate is this woman. And she's going there to, to pick up sticks. So she's going to build a fire to, uh, to cook her last meal for her and her son. And she says, we're going to die after this. And Elijah says, I want you to go get me some water. And oh, by the way, would you cook me some bread? And she's like, I have nothing. All I have is a little bit of flour, a little bit of oil. He says, no, you need to do this. And God will provide after that. And sure enough, she makes that, uh, that loaf and, and Elijah eats and she never runs out of oil or flour until the famine goes away. So God put that on my heart. So for, I, I told this to Christy. I'm like, Christy, I know what I'm supposed to do. We're supposed to go to this gal who has this car. I'm like, this is, I'm, I'm way on the edge of my comfort zone. I've never done this. And I remember we're walking towards her house and we're both shaking. We get there and I shared the story of Elijah and this woman with her. And, and, and she just looks at me and she already had the title to the car and the keys to the car sitting on this coffee table. And she just slides it over. And she said, I don't know who was going to get this car, but I knew I was giving it away. And I'm giving it to you guys. And you just, you had to, I mean, we just sat there. And I just like, I don't want this day to end. Because this is what happens when you pray continually. And I think of students and I think of older folks like me. You guys, this is what God wants to do. And this is what Paul was talking about when he said pray continually to this early church in uh, Thessalonica. Don't give up. Keep praying. Get after it. God's going to do amazing things. And I saw it time and again. Last summer, I was, I was speaking at the same camp that brought us in. And I was, I was praying and I, I knew that God was changing my heart for student ministry. And again, you guys, it's, it freaks me out when this stuff happens because then you're like, oh no, Lord. Because it's back to that comfort zone again. What is God doing in your life in your area of comfort zones? And I hope, and that's, the, that's what I just want to empower you today with, is just keep praying, and God's going to keep changing your heart. At that camp, I knew God was saying, Bruce, it's time to get back into youth ministry. I was like, no way. I'm, I don't want to do this. And I remember it's like there's fight going on. I'm like, Lord, I don't have anything together. Our, our company's kind of, you know, nothing's established. Nothing, I don't have all these things set up, and nothing's there. And I just, it's like, I know the Lord was saying, Bruce, you need to do this. And I kept pursuing, and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to start pursuing it. I'm going to start seeing what's out there, see what God's doing. Uh, several months later, my daughter gets in a, a volleyball team with Isabel Wester. We find out that the Wester's been living, be, you know, behind us all these years at Quiet Water. Why we never met him until then, I have no idea. 
And I got to know uh, Dalen and Chris and got to share with and talk with them and how God was working in our lives. And she's like, you know, Dalen was talking about open life. You guys need to come. And I'm like, okay. And I talk with James and I talk with uh, Jaden and Thad. And I just like, this is crazy, Lord. This is crazy what you're doing. And if you would have told me last year I'd be sitting in front of a church talking and, and being the youth guy, I just, like, you've got to be crazy. And here's what I'm asking you. I don't want you guys to walk out of here and just, gee, that was really nice. That video was really funny. And who was that guy? Oh, Bruce, that's right. That was the guy you talked. I want us to, again, I need your prayer. And we need prayer for our students, for our young kids. I met last Monday with Liberty Ridge's principal. Thad had talked about her and their need for school supplies. Well, they have a need for a fence. And so I met with her, and she was so excited that I was there. She introduced me to like 15 teachers on the way out there. I'm like, this is, she's like, this is Bruce from Open Life, and they're going to build, and she's just going crazy. I'm like, this is amazing what's happening here in our community. We need people to pray. And I'm going to pray for you guys. I need you to pray for students at Bonnie Lake, at Liberty Ridge, at Sumner, uh, at Glacier. I mean, all the different schools, we need prayer because I know what's going to happen when we start praying continually. You guys are going to start having a brokenness for those students. We're going to have a change in our attitudes for that. We're just not going to show up on Sundays. It's going to be a week long. Like, hey, can I need to pray for Bruce? Or I need to pray for this student. I need to pray for that student. That's what I'm praying for, that we come back to what Paul was saying to this church in Thessalonica. Pray continually. I pray for your success. I pray that God helps you move mountains. That's what I just, I I pray that. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for being here with us. Thank you for guys like Paul who went way out of his comfort zone, Lord, to plant churches left and right. Thank you for the church in Thessalonica a church that just loved on people, that took the ridicule and, and the hurts, Lord, and they, and they loved their community. They loved each other. I pray for open life, Lord, that we would do that, that we would pray for each other during this week, that we would pray continually for students, for families who are hurting. Go with us now, Lord, and thank you for this time. Amen. Before, before we jump into a closing worship song, uh, I was in the back grabbing coffee and, and uh, kind of in conjunction with this talk, Bruce, Danny Haynes was telling me a story about an apartment that they were hunting for this last week and uh, just how she felt challenged to pray for something. So come on, come on up here. Does your cord stretch this far? I know she doesn't want to do this, but I was going to make her. Uh, tell, tell us the story about how you ended up praying for the apartment. Well, um, Jaden and I, my husband, um, felt called to finally move to Bonnie Lake this summer. And so we were looking at multiple apartments. We kind of, we needed to be kind of close to the freeway. And so um, Jaden was like, we have three apartments we can choose from. I'm like, done. We can do this. No problem. We were driving home from after we looked at all of them, and I was just like, I was not happy about any of the options. I mean, I'm just, and I'm not too picky sometimes. Um, 
And so he was like, well, what do you want to do? I'm like, I don't know. I just, I don't feel right about any of the options. And like, we're, we're moving to Bonnie Lake to be in community. And I want to be happy. I want to be able to invite people over and be proud of where we're at. Even though it's just a humble apartment, I'm like, I don't care. It's my home. And um, so once we got home, I um, was just kind of thinking, I'm like asking God, I'm like, what do you want to, what do, what do you want? Where should we be? Where do we need to be in community uh, in Bonnie Lake? And um, God told me to pray specific, and I felt like I was just supposed to pray circles over the apartment I wanted. I'm like, well, nothing that's open is what I want. And so, but there was one complex that we that I really liked. I think Jaden did too. <laughs> and um, but the the floor plan wasn't available that we could have afforded. You know, that was in our budget. And, that was big enough, and uh, so I looked at the floor plans in that complex, and there's eight of them, <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, the Blackberry floor plan looks great. I'm like, that looks exactly what, like, it's just what we need, um, and so I felt God say, pray specific, and so I told Jaden, I'm like, we're praying for the Blackberry apartment for the next two days, and um, Tuesday afternoon, if we don't hear anything, we'll move with the other one, um, but I really feel like we need to pray for this. Tuesday afternoon at 3 p.m., they called and said, the Blackberry floor plan is available for you on the first floor, which is even better for us, and that's what we wanted. I'm like, I didn't even play that specific. It was So God even filled in the gaps where I left him out. So we're excited to move, and um, I'm just, it was just a little blessing that was just huge in my life was specific. It was praying continually, and um, so thank you, Bruce, for sharing. So let's uh, be challenged to pray continually this week, right, and get specific. Why don't you stand as we sing this song in uh, closing and reflect maybe on the back of your connection card there on uh, what challenge you're going to respond to today.